Hello and welcome to the PopBreak.com's official Oscars podcast, hosted by Marissa Carpico and Matt Taylor. Taylor, uh, podcaster at thepopbreak.com. Uh, this is the two. Yes, yeah, I was like, which podcast? This is the two early Oscar podcast. We are doing our uh, category minisodes, um, breaking down the all, everything for the 2021 20, Oscars coming up. And I'm here, as always, with the film editor of thepopbreak.com, Marissa Carpico. Say hi, Marissa. Hello. Uh, today, we are, we are, uh, I was about to say we're recording. But which we are doing, but you are listening to the um, best makeup and hairstyling and the uh, best costume design breakdown. Uh, a very interesting collection of like some that make a lot of sense and some where I'm like, sure, okay. yeah, <laughs> like, sure. Um, uh, and there is quite a bit of overlap, but let's start with um, let's start with best costume design. The nominees are uh, Jenny Beaven uh, for Cruella, Ma- Massimo Cantini, Perini, and Jacqueline Duran for C- Cyrano, Jacqueline West and Robert Morgan for Dune, Luis Segarra for Nightmare Alley, and Paul Tazewell for West Side Story. Um, I, I let's just we'll go alphabetical because I gotta say like I do not like the movie. Good for Jenny Beaven for getting in here for Cruella. Like, like honestly, work. It is like, it is like nominating an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race for best costume design. To be honest, like, I mean, that's true. Yeah, but honestly, it's the it's it's often the same like three people who's doing all all of the all of the costumes yeah. for Drag Race. It's true. I like. I. I, we saw that was one of my first movies back in theaters after um <laughs> most the people. pandemic. Yeah, most people. Yeah, and <laughs> I was like, this is a weird, dumb movie. We're like, not spoiler alert for Cruella, everybody. Like, <laughs> they kind of Ray Skywalker Cruella, where it's like just like oh, no. like, and I was like, this is a, a very silly movie, but like honestly work like the costumes are incredible like no notes honestly like it, they, Jen- the girl bosser is what they do it's the full the girl bossification of cruella is i think yeah. it's, i swear i was a was a was an article i read <laughs> i i think i read that same article and <laughs> it's like you know i i just watching it i was like disney movies look so fake these days so good for them for actually investing in a costume budget for this one and uh, maybe this Oscar nomination will encourage them to continue to do so because um, it looked great, honestly. Uh, no notes. What, what do you think, Marissa? <laughs> uh, you know, I am I am one of Corella's biggest defenders, even though I think it's dumb as hell. Like, because I think it's bizarrely like a, a soft um, jukebox musical because um, there's just like songs in it. And like at one point she's like spoken wording a song. Like a popular pop tune, and I, the thing I remember most about it is that it was, like you said, one of the first movie theater experiences back for people. And there was this woman and her family who were, who was like, she was like, I don't know, I wish we'd seen a Quiet Place too. I wish we should have. I think we should have gone a Quiet Place too. I just feel like there's going to be a musical number in this. And I was like, what a strange thing to think. And then she was right. There's like multiple. <laughs> 
The soundtrack um, is longer than the movie's runtime. Like it's, it's fully a melodrama, basically. Like there's not a second of it that's not soundtracked. It's so bizarre. But the costumes are fun. I mean, uh, dear, you know, friend of the pod and also a po- podcast editor on the site, Alex Hedges, or uh, not, yeah, not Hedges. Um, that's a kid I went to high school with. <laughs> <laughs> He, Alex, he like jokes about, you know, the the trash can dress being iconic. And it kind of is in a dumb, campy way that is like also a joke. And the costumes are good here. She's a, um, she's a costume or not a costume designer, but a, a fashion designer in the film. And it's fun. She's fun to watch. The, the clothing is good. It makes sense for the time period because it's supposed to be like 70s into the 80s she's bringing in punk and all this stuff i mean that i will say the time period's a little confused um but you know my friend who's in fashion and went to fashion school loved it so you know good for jenny as it were um yeah i think it's fun uh i i like the costumes in it i i like the film itself uh, enough um you know, uh, it's it's goofy, but um, I don't hate it. You know, I, long live the trash can dress, frankly. Mm-hmm. Very, very just incredible. Like, truly beautiful gowns, the movie. You, <laughs> literally. It's like beautiful gowns and musical numbers, the movie. It Does it have any coherence? No. Is the girl bossification of Corella necessary? Absolutely not. We didn't need that. She She skins dogs to make coats. How do you come back from that? It's just bizarre. <laughs> I really like the way the movie bends over backwards to make it like she doesn't actually skin dogs. She's never done it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Even even though Dalmatians killed her mom. Yeah. (laughs) God. I forgot the Dalmatians killed her mom. That's my favorite part. It's like like it plants the seed that she's like, (laughs) Dalmatians killed my mom. Someday I'll make a coat out of them. (laughs) Wild. Wild movie. What we're saying is that Cruella is an unsung masterpiece, and y'all should watch it. <laughs> um, there you go. Uh, all right, let's move on to, um, honestly, like, another weird movie. Oh, yeah. Totally. This year. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts on Cyrano's costume design nomination? Uh, and just the film as a whole. Uh, it's tough. Um, you know, if you've listened to our other podcasts about the Oscars, um you know that I don't like anything that reminds me of Rex Harrison in um, My Fair Lady singing, sing, well, not singing, sing, speaking, essentially, in a sort of melodic way. <laughs> um, or Well, sort of, not even, he can't really carry a tune. Um, and Peter Dinklage does that throughout this. Uh, and the songs are shitty, frankly. They all sound the same. Um, I don't care. I mean, I like the, the, the national or whatever band it is that, that does it um typically but i don't think they do they shouldn't write musicals is what this tells me this film told me um but the costumes are wonderful because as we've talked about many times you and i on on various podcasts joe wright is a very cool filmmaker uh we are anna karenina's biggest defenders um and this is cinematic in an interesting way. There's all this incredible dancing. There's this um, beautiful costume work. There's choreography constantly. The problem is it's a musical with shit music. And if the music were any better, it'd be really good. But yeah, I don't know. The The costumes, are, I think, are really cool. There's, they're sort of fluffy and period. Um, 
or like froofy and, and period appropriate, but obviously heightened. It feels artificial, but in a way that is pleasing. I mean, that's what made Anna Karenina pleasing is because we were knew we, we knew we were watching something artificial. But because we knew that and we got over that, this has that same thing of where like, OK, we know that there's an artificiality to it, but the artificiality is there because it's emphasizing this magic, this sort of world where everybody's dancing and singing constantly, even if they're soldiers in training. Do you know what I mean? Um, I like the costumes. There's something romantic and dreamy about them. Um, is it my pick? Like, what have I, would I have chosen it um, at any other year? Probably not. I don't know. It's a weird movie. There's so much going on that I, <laughs> I can barely, I can barely see the craft of it. It's a strange movie. I, I don't know. I, I think it's, you know, I feel like Haley Bennett is cursed because she's really good in everything she's ever done, but I have almost not liked any movie she's ever been in, <laughs> despite really yeah. liking her. So, and she's, I think she's a fucking star in this, and yet uh, this movie died and disappeared in a way that was, you know, noticeable, if you will. Um, I don't know. What, what, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what to do with it, <laughs> frankly. Yeah, MGM really fucked up with this one because, like, we've been seeing the trailer for like months and i remember seeing the trailer the first time and i think we even texted about it we were like oh my god cyrano it's like we're we're joe Wright doing a musical like we're we're sold yeah and then like by the time i went to go see it i was like if i have to hear that fucking song one more time (laughs) like in the trailer i'm going to like lose my mind and And guess what you hear it about five times in the movie and even more, it's the best one in the, in the musical, <laughs> which is, you know, not great. But, no. Um, no. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I've never seen Joe Wright's, like, universally hated movies like Pan and, and The Soloist, but like... The uh, Soloist is bad. Oof. I mean, I'm sure. But it's like, this is, you know, it's still so visually interesting, even when it's boring, where I was like... I was like he's a he's a great director. I just I, I a I don't think I've, I I care about the Cyrano story to begin with. I just decided like once he goes to war, I'm like okay, can it end now? But like um um and then um spoiler alert for Cyrano. Sorry if you didn't know he goes to war, <laughs> listeners. Um right, if you only know it from Wishbone, this is going to be a surprise. <laughs> yeah, but then um. But then, like you know, uh, watching it, I was like, "It's a it's a mediocre musical to say the least." But like, yeah, visually really pretty. Costumes are great. Sets are great. Uh, it's Joe Wright. He's he he knows what he's doing. I think to make a movie look pretty. But um, there's more there's more interesting films I would have rather have seen nominated. But like, it's not a bad pick. Like, yeah. I guess I guess in the grand sure. scheme of things. Um, yeah, let's let's move on. Um, let's talk about Dune. Um, when at this point, you probably heard listeners how I just like we both love Dune. It's we, we're obsessed with it. We are part of the Dune hive. I'm coordinating my my um, Halloween costume oh, to no. be uh, the Charlotte Rampling Witch with a friend. <laughs> but um, when I went to go see it, I did not expect to just like be gagged by the costumes as well as everything else like and yet i have thought every single day since october 21st or whatever day i saw it of that dress that rebecca ferguson wears where there's like the thing like the veil over her face as 
uh, she's going to the desert planet and everything. And um, uh, that is the costume of the year, as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, you know, no notes. This movie is, the costumes are incredible. Truly one of the most, like, we've said it before, it is one of the most visually stunning films we have seen in our life, basically. And um, that includes costumes. Incred- incredible work. Uh, you know, I, I love it to death. Every outfit Rebecca Ferguson wears, I would like to see hang in the Met, to be honest. So what you're saying is that outfit is the jellyfish dress of, of 2021? Yes, it is. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Callbacks for longtime listeners. Um, yeah, it, you know, it does exactly what um, a sci-fi film uh, should do in, in its costuming. I mean, I, I think the the touchstone for a sci-fi film that like had costumes that like influenced the culture is Blade Runner, right? Mm-hmm. And Dune, watching it, I felt like, oh man, this is gonna be like Blade Runner level level. And what's interesting is that like it's not like I mean that movie was also like a callback to an earlier time. The stuff here is almost like um, it's understated. It's a lot of tans and blacks and and like whites and and pretty neutral colors with occasional pops of like big colors right to make you think make things stand out um mm-hmm. but it it does feel like a 90s calvin klein sort of thing to me but in the best way possible because realistically the 90s is, is 20 years ago now so like well almost 30 realistically depending on the year but um like it's it's creating an aesthetic that is immediately recognizable and feels timeless, but also feels like perfect for this moment. Um, like it feels like the updated version of the sort of seventies flowy garb that is so prevalent in something like star Wars. And like the recent star Wars trilogy did a lot of good stuff with the costuming in that, like updating that same thing. But this almost feels like the next evolution of that, you know? Um, and it's, it's it's cool. It looks cool. Like, you know, Zendaya's in it for like two minutes, and yet her costume is iconic to, to me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's great. I think it's really cool costuming because you could you could go too far artificial, or you could go too far um, like simple, like used stuff. And this, I think, threads the right thing. It's like it's fashion, but also it's like, um, uh, but it's also like utilitarian in a way that, like, I believe this world. It's part of the world building, realistically. It's so good that it's part of the world building. Yeah, I, I just kept thinking of um, the costume in, the costumes in Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula. From, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is some of my favorite costumes ever in the film, basically. And um, just, it's incredible genre work. I just think, you know, really good. I hope it takes it home. Um, I love it so much. God, Rebecca Ferguson, Please come on the pod. Just like, oh my God, Rose the hat, Rose the hat. <laughs> like, if if she ever if she ever listens to this, I think she'd be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, please come on the pod, Rebecca. Um. Uh. Okay, let Marissa. I know you don't want to, but will you will you talk about Nightmare Alley and its nomination for the listeners? Sure. Um. You know, I think there's one really good costume in it. Um that I remember. <laughs> Which costume uh, it, is that? <laughs> it's the one in the snow with the blood. Because um, mm-hmm. it's not, it's good for the period that it's calling back to, and it's striking. I, I mean, uh, listen, the costumes are fine. Uh, you know, uh, 
the sort of pencil skirts and and tight fitting um, dresses of Kate Blanchett's character perfectly uh, convey what that character is to you. Although I would, even though I would argue that they probably shouldn't be telegraphing that so much because what makes the the first film so thrilling is the way that it's a surprise that that character is who she is. Um, I mean, literally, like, you know, like, <laughs> fucking Kate Blanche's character may as well be named Snake Woman in this one. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, come on. You know, I, it's just too much. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the sort of flowy, uh, flowery robes of someone like uh, Tony Collette's character, who's supposed to be this tarot reader, who's also um, a bit of a, um, you know, uh, willing to cheat on her husband, let's say. Um, and like, I like the way that the Cooper suits evolve in an interesting way. Um, that said, it all still feels like costumes. Like, you know, what I was saying with Dune is that those costumes don't feel like costumes. They feel like what would be worn in this world that's being created. They are part of the world building. There's always an artificiality to, um, Del Toro's films, but here it just feels a little too put on. There's something, you know, again, somebody's once somebody criticized this movie as being late, uh, reminding them of the late era of Tim Burton, and I cannot get out of my mind because that is exactly what it feels like. Mm-hmm. I felt like watching that Dumbo remake that came out a couple of years ago, which was just bereft of anything. Absolutely, it's um, it's just you know, the costumes are are fine. Like I don't want to say like you know the the there's no talent on screen. <laughs> But, like, what a lazy nomination, to be mm. honest. It just feels like it's like, well, you know, it's a period piece. Because I'm just mm. like, you know, nothing about this it stands out or feels particularly special. It does, it feels incredibly costumey. And um, I don't, I just, I, I don't, there's not much I can, I, it's not a bad nomination, so to speak. It's just one where I'm like, I, w- I wish the we had more inspired nominees in best cost design that that stands for almost every year because it just kind of feels mm-hmm. like we'll get the one obvious winner uh maybe one inspired choice in this case honestly corella and then kind of like, yeah yeah and then the three period pieces and it's just like i'm like oh, like give us <clears throat> we we have plenty of recommendations academy of like weird weird choices that, that could have been made mm-hmm. but um Let's go on to one more period piece that, um, <laughs> but one that I think will I think we'll, we will feel a little more positively on, and that's West Side Story, and um, which obviously we're the biggest fans of. We love it so much. Um, I will just share this anecdote to describe how I feel about the costumes in the film, which is that the second time, no, the third time I saw West Side Story in theaters, I went with some friends, and um, one of my friends, he was. A former roommate of mine, I love him dearly. He has watched maybe 10 movies in his life before we became friends. Um, we went to go see West Side Story together. He did not know it was a musical until oh. it started. And I was like, wow, you really don't know movies. And um, um, at the end of the film, he was like, how does she do that thing with her dress? And referring to, of course, Ariana DeVos and uh-huh. the way she's able to move her dress throughout the film. And, um, yeah, the nomination is more than deserved. <laughs> like, uh, incredible costumes throughout, 
the whole thing. Uh, I, I can't think of, other than Rebecca Ferguson's uh, dress, aforementioned dress, which is more of like a an us thing, I think <laughs> maybe the more the most iconic costume of the year is I am the most yellow dress in mm-hmm. um, America. So with, with the red petticoat. Yes. Exa- oh my god. Um, like well deserved. Well deserved. I um, <coughs> yeah, a great nomination. What do you What do you think, Marissa? Yeah, I mean Paul Tazewell. What What a thrill. Uh, he mostly has worked in um, theater before, which makes him perfect for this. Um, but also. Listen, the costumes in the original West Side Story film are fucking iconic. Mm-hmm. It would be terrifying to have to, like, <laughs> you know, follow that up. And yet he does these incredible choices. That yellow dress and that red lining are so smart. It's it's incredible. I mean, it's just like that is the image I will see for the rest of my life from that film is her in that dress on the, in the street. Um, but even the subtler choices are still interesting. Um, like... Look at the gym scene. Uh, in in the 61 film, the color palettes are sort of switched, actually. Um, uh, or, like, a little more mixed. Like, in think of, like, the America scene, um, where they're coming uh, they're coming from the, the, the dance in the gym. Everybody's in reds and purples, right? Here he's got everybody in, on the, the, the jet side is in, like, blue tones. And then you've got uh, the sharks all in, like, yellow, warm tones. And he sort of maintains that throughout in a way that, like, is subtly telling you the difference between these things, these these two groups of people. But also they complement each other in really interesting ways in, in various scenes. It's so good. I mean, the costumes are just fucking impeccable. It, it, it's by far the best work of the year, I would say. Uh, like, I like, you know, we, we stand Cruella in this house and even I complimented Nightmare Alley a second ago and, and Dune I really think is going to be, you know, culturally significant for a long time, but you know, everybody should just like go home, stay home compared to Paul. If he doesn't win, it's like, what, what is the point of this award? What is the point of this? I would love him winning. Like just really, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page now and just like, uh, terrific, terrific of, um, you know, Broadway um, costume design. I mean, just Hamilton. We, we, yeah, alone. like one of the most iconic uh, yes. costumes, like you know, in recent memory on stage. Uh, it would be a great win. I do sort of think Dune will take it home, and I can't get mad about that. Like that yeah. is yeah. a really good win. Um, do, do you think Dune's going to win as well? I think that's the most likely of the two. It, Dune just has more heat for whatever reason, just because like I don't know, people are just pretending West Side Story is not a fucking masterpiece and one of the best things of this century but whatever <laughs> insane insane but whatever we'll cry about it forever <laughs> i like genuinely have entertained the idea of going a fourth time every day for the past like because it's still in theaters and i'm just like ooh, like why haven't i gone again but you know that's it's so good but yeah. um all right other films we would have we would have liked to have seen get nominated i only have one um, that I want to mention, but it's one that, like, you know, technically it was not eligible at the Oscars this year, I guess, but um, uh, it's the only one where it, one of the key costumes is defined on camera in the opening, um, the opening moments, and that is uh, Barbara Snow going to be, yeah, yeah, which just, 
you know, one of the costumes are both significant to the plot, but also like just so perfect and so well, um, you know, in both really, really broad ways and really subtle ways, so funny and well chosen. And um, <clears throat> like, I don't know, I, I just, I think of those culottes every single day and how blessed we were to have them uh, float into our lives. Uh, what, what are, what are you, what are your thinking, Marissa? What are some things you would like to have seen nominated? That's absolutely one of mine. Uh, the, the costumer for that is Trace Gigi Field. Um, is any, is any item more important than the culotte this year? No, I don't think so. Um, defined a generation, really. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, and the costumes are wonderful. Even besides that, the costumes are wonderful throughout it. The color she has to put in there, the, um, the variety, the, the sort of cartoonishness, but also wearability. It's, it's all wonderful. It's really brilliant. That would have been such an exciting thing. That movie's so damn underrated. And we've said it every single episode, pretty much. Um, my only other one is, uh, I think, we, I mean, we've sort of talked about this every year, but um, I think films that are modern day set in, are not always appreciated in their costuming. And I have to say one that struck me this year, maybe because I just watched it, but um uh, was worst person in the world. I think that's a really Ooh. good bit of costuming, that 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 film because technically it's taking over, t- place, taking place over a number of years. S- some of it recently, some of it in the more recent past, right? Because yeah. um, realistically, it's probably like five years ago at least, maybe even ten, let's say, between the the final epilogue and the prologue. Um, but her dress that she wears to the to the to the party where she meets the man, I mean, incredible. That that woman is beautiful, but also that dress is perfect because she has to be this sort of sexy, svelte, like elegant woman who's also kind of a mess walking into this party and has to be immediately noticeable to this guy. Um, the stuff in the epilogue is so smart because it marks her as older and more practical. And like the, you can see the job that she does in the way that she's wearing her clothing. Um <clears throat> And every scene before that, because this is supposed to be this this movie about um, a millennial woman um, trying to figure out what the fuck she's supposed to do with her life, basically. <laughs> like what? I mean, not even that. Just like what the fuck is going on, basically. Um, and it all feels right to the women that I know. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, it never feels. Um, like a parody of a millennial person, which we can, there's so much evidence of, you know, we can watch most things about millennials and, and see that, but it's all really smart. Um, I, and I'm mostly talking about the the main characters costuming, but even something in like the way the party scene early on takes place when it's just like her and the older couples and like the sort of mom culottes that the one woman is wearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like so intelligent. I think there's, I really think like, Modern, modern, or like present day contemporary um, costuming truly doesn't get a lot of attention. And of the ones that we saw this year, I think that one just really stood out to me as being really clever. I mean, one of the more iconic outfits of the year, honestly, is the outfit she's doing her um, run in during the like yes, the, it's yeah. the poster of the film and everything. Um, great movie. Uh, that really, like half really button down film. sort of flowy material. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Um, that's a cool, a really cool pick. Um, all right, let's move on to best makeup and hairstyling. The nominees are um, Coming to America, uh, Cruella, 
Goon, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci. Um, let's get the ones that we've already talked about out of the way, just because um, I think we'll have a lot of the same things to say. Mm-hmm. And we'll start with Cruella. Um, and I'm just, of course, thinking of when she kind of spells her name out. The future. The future, yes. On, the, on her face. And I, like... Rough. Why not? Not good. Like, she, like I, I... What a weird move. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, it wouldn't make my five. Uh, I think this is definitely one where the costumes are more uh, interesting and significant than um, the makeup. But, like, sh- sure. Like I don't hate them, so fine. Uh, what do you think, Marissa? Uh, yeah, why not? You know, um, I'm I'm sure it's not for the future that they're doing it. It's that's almost works against it. Um, you know, her sort of punk styling is is interesting, and in the, in the heavy line eyeliner is setting her apart already, basically. Um, in a film that's otherwise very like still a little more mid century, and it's um costuming for most people that she's working with in that um. That designer stuff, like, you know, Emma Thompson's character is very still buttoned up mid-century stuff, right? Um, so less less heavy highlight, eyeliner, um, sharper uh, sharper features, maybe. Um, it's fine. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have put it here. But, I mean, you know what? This is the kind of chaos I'm into. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's not a bad nominee. It's just the one where I was like, okay. Sure. Like, yeah. Um, and then, you know let's continue to keep some praise on Dune because, I mean, yeah, the makeup's incredible. Like, <laughs> what what do you want? Like, Stellan Skarsgård, unrecognizable. It's, it's bonkers. bonkers. I loved it. I loved it. Um, the shot, uh, I mean, spoiler alert for the movie, um, but, like, the shot of him on top of the ceiling when they go into Ugh. that room, I'm like, oh, creepy, cool, I love this. Uh, <laughs> you know, Again, this is one of the best-looking movies that I've ever seen in my life. The makeup's incredible. Uh, this is a very, very deserved nomination. Uh, do you agree? Yeah, 100%. It's uh, incredible. And visually, you know, Den- Denis Villeneuve makes movies that look great, and, and the makeup and hair styling is absolutely part of it. There's so much face paint in this, realistically, which, you know, you have to believe is, is going to stay on. <laughs> it's hard to make face paint stay on, well, especially when you're in a fucking desert. So... Kudos to that team, frankly, that everybody doesn't have flat, sad hair and sweaty faces. Everyone still looks so beautiful. And um, for that, <sighs> the nomination is deserved. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Um, okay. Uh, now we'll move on to the films we haven't talked about yet um, from this uh, lineup, starting with the one where my thoughts were like, oh, I forgot that came out, was, um, and that is... Coming to America, Marissa, what are your thoughts on this nomination? And I guess the film as a whole. Oh, um, I mean, the film as a whole, uh, you know, I appreciate that. Listen, we got a lot of uh, um, comedians lately who have been very famous for a long time who are unwilling to learn. And this makes it very clear that that Murphy is willing to have conversations about um the way the culture is changing in a way that I really appreciated. Uh, that said, I do think it doesn't go quite far enough. Maybe um, I would fully eliminate the the young male character. I don't think we need him because um, it just is a repeat of the first film. And we saw the first film. So what's, what's the point? The only reason he's there is to justify Tayana Ty- Taylor being there, which is, you know, we love to see her. She's 
fucking incredible. Um, but, you know, we, we also could have had her there as part of like a queer romance, realistically, which would have been more interesting. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that said, I was very impressed with the makeup and hairstyling because there are a lot of crowd scenes in this thing in um, Zamunda. And there are cra- there's some like very difficult hairstyles in in that in those scenes. I mean, just like regular scenes, like there's so many ceremonies and like parties. So like that costume, that, that hair, makeup and hairstyling department was probably working so hard to make all those damn wigs, man. And like, there's a lot of cool work here. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of would choose this, frankly, um, of the group that we have. Um, just because I think in terms of the most work and, and the most, the most work and the, the most complex work and most um, noticeable work, possibly, I think this is the one that, that has the, 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 the edge for me, honestly. I, you know, I wish the movie was better. I, I don't think it needed to exist, but eh, yeah, what can you do? It's not the worst comedy sequel I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, um, it's fun. like, I love the first Coming to America. I haven't, I haven't seen it in a while, but um, it's like, it's so hard to find comedies that are like from, you know, leading men, especially from the eighties or earlier that like aren't mean or have aged badly. And I I think that coming to America, again, haven't watched it in like 10 years, but like um, it's, I remember it being sweet and having aged fairly well. So, um, which is, yeah, which is a rarity. And um, yeah, I found this one like, I think it's fine. I don't think it's it's bad necessarily. I just think it is very much like a we we basically did this once before. And um uh but uh you know, the makeup and costume is really good. I do think um the uh the um the makeup and hairstyling is really good, I'm sorry. Um the the makeup that is you know, famous from coming to America of Eddie Murphy and other cast members playing multiple parts and everything like that under heavy makeup. That is, um, you know, impressive. I do think it's sort of like we quite literally saw it before, but mm-hmm. um, obviously done, you know, with modern tools in order to withstand 4K or, or HD cameras <laughs> or whatever. But, you you um, can see the way that t- the techniques have evolved to make it even more realistic, absolutely. Yeah, but um, yeah, this isn't necessarily one that like, so that jumped out to me. I think it's cool that it got in here because it shows that the makeup branch, um, you know, want to honor the work and the craftsmanship of a movie that is on no one's brain necessarily. It literally, it came out in March. Uh, like it, It's basically the first film that was eligible for um, this year's Oscar, Oscar calendar, basically. And um, so it's interesting and cool to see it get here, even if it's not one that necessarily jumped out as my, like, favorite to win. But, um, you know, it's I think you make a very good point about how much work must have gone in, considering there are all these scenes with large ensembles, party scenes, so on. And then, of course, the, the, the more showy makeup with Murphy and everything. So... Yeah, I mean, I think it's also just in, in purely in t- terms of like, listen, the the history of this kind of category is filled with just like various b- white people, blonde hair kind of shit, like boring stuff that's not that high level of difficulty and has mm-hmm. been seen a million times. This is doing um very very complex black hair st- like you know hairstyles and like showing a sort of um I don't know it's it's like a 
a mix of cultures um, all at once, creating this like amalgamation of things. Like it, it's it's good to see the Academy acknowledging, uh, you know, uh, work that is a rarely been done before and b has been a an issue for the industry that so many black actresses talk about. Like they have to do their own fucking hair on on their projects because nobody knows how to do their hair. It's like and this clearly is not having that problem. <laughs> so, like, I think it's significant, at least on some level, to like, well, thank God they are acknowledging this because uh, it's so rarely does that happen. Yeah, very, very good point. And um, and it, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see it when not to get ahead of ourselves, but like, it, there, it has the clearly has the passion behind it if it got in here. So, yeah. Um, but I, let's move on to uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye. Which is um, this is going back months it seems now, but like almost a year. But um, when that trailer first came out, uh, we had somewhat recently watched uh the Bette Midler film for the boys, uh, <laughs> for our other podcast, and that movie has the most horrific makeup like you will ever see for an old like to to show a character aging and. I was initially, after seeing the trailer for I, Tammy Faye, worried that this was going to follow suit of just be, like, truly horrific makeup. But, like, it is so well done, honestly, mm. in this movie, where it is just, like, so... And I think it's a combination of smart directing choices, a very strong performance of Jessica Chastain, and the makeup skill, because um, they never... Like, you know, Tammy Faye is a very distinct person, um in terms of her visual style and the, and the way, you know, she changed over time and everything like that. And, um, the movie never makes it feel cartoonish or, um, or, you know, hateful in any sense of the way of, of the word. And, um, I think it's very, very well done makeup. Um, I do think it's sort of as a winner feels like similar to the, um, what was it called? The, uh, the Fox news movie from a few years ago, um uh, was, bombshell yes bom- how could i forget bombshell i, I guess it's, the only reason i remember is because the smash connection i guess it's not the first thing i think of when i think of bombshell no. but, <laughs> but um but you know similar to that it is the sort of thing where i'm like okay like this is a very boring pick for best makeup because <laughs> it is you know, quite literally making someone look like a real person but uh it is very very impressive so i can't deny that like in this one which i kind of which sort of feels like the the obvious pick for an oscar voter um if this one i would not hate it because i do think it is quite impressive what, what do you think marissa yeah i mean realistically it almost has a higher bar to clear than any of these other ones because everybody else is just making shit up right they don't have to follow and recreate a very iconic uh makeup and hairstyling look realistically tammy Faye is most known for for her makeup realistically and it looks good here like there's i think of the shot you know it's the the whole the name the name of the movie is about the eyes of tammy Faye, because those are probably her most distinct makeup feature but like there's that close-up shot of those crusty mascara lashes and just how heavy it is and it's such a like it's just so much about character (laughs) it's incredible way um and it does it so quickly. It's like, and it's telling you where you are. Like, you know, 
you know what perfume that woman wears if you were like alive in a certain time of the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Like it just the makeup gives you a, an exact picture of whose grandma this is kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I think it's pretty good, honestly. It, it wouldn't be a bad winner. I think it's my second choice after coming to America. Um, but, you know, um, I wouldn't be mad if it won. No, I would not be mad at all. Um, all right. And lastly, the the final nomination for Best Makeup is um, House of Gucci. And I remember on nomination morning being like, oh, this didn't make it in costume. But like, <laughs> like, honestly, the makeup is really good. <laughs> like, I rock it. Like, like, for one thing, just purely on like, you know, as a gay man, like, <laughs> Every time I see Gaga in this movie, I'm like, oh, she's, like, beautiful. <laughs> like, in a way that makes me feel like a 60-year-old gay man who is, like, talking about, like, I don't know, Cher or something like that. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, like I'm, like, I want to, like, go to other gay people and be like, she looks beautiful in this movie. But then I do think about um, the moment to the end of the film where Gaga is, like, at, like, a 15 on the acting Ooh. theater. And um, she's, like ordering the hit on her husband and everything like that. In the jeans, and, in the high-waisted jeans. Yeah, and again, part of it is the costuming, but, like, that makeup is good, and it is, like, I don't know if I ever thought that Gaga was aging at all in the film, <laughs> but she's kind of playing a vampire in it. So like, like, or at least she's channeling vampire energy. So that almost makes it work. And I'm just, you know, like... Oh, my God. I don't know how to convince myself that this domination is a little silly or if it's good, but that kind of matches the whole film. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, sure. Why not? What do you think, Marissa? Yeah. I would kind of say that the hair, the hairstyling stood out more to me than the, the makeup necessarily. Makeup's fine. Um, I, I think the normal stuff is good. Like when, um, uh, when Jeremy Irons is like clearly his character is clearly like getting sicker. I think that's really well done. Um, the most obvious one is probably um, Leto, which, you know, it's hard oh, yeah. to, it's, it's hard to contend with anything having to do with Jared Leto at this point. So like, I can't even tell if that's good makeup, even though I actually don't hate his performance in that. Um, like I have, I probably have more affection for it than most people do. And I still think it's fine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think the hair, the hairstyling is actually more interesting because uh, it's really setting, uh, especially the the years it's covering. Hair is so integral to time period in that '80s sort of milieu that I think that's the most impressive stuff. And yeah, when she becomes like this cheap, cheap poor woman in the '90s who's gonna who's gonna kill her husband, uh, the hair there is so it's so indicative of how far she's fallen in a way that like. You gotta appreciate it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's I think it's good. Yeah. yeah. I truly... <laughs> I forgot Jared Leto was in this movie and is probably the reason it got a makeup nomination. Yeah. But gay men are allowed to forget he's in it. It's fine. Like, we need, we need that for our mental health. Listen, <laughs> the pandemic is hard enough. Something you just gotta erase, you know? You can't, yeah, exactly. you can't deal with everything. We can't, no. Um, Alright, so... Uh, I have a handful... Of movies to talk about um, for the for that should have been nominated. Do you do you also? I don't really actually. I mean, my my only one would be Barb and Star, um, purely for the <laughs> the white makeup that they put Kristen Wiig in when she's playing the villain character. <laughs> it's so it's so perfect. Oh, what a great movie. Um, 
uh, uh, spoilers for Malignant coming in a minute. Uh, if, you, if you haven't listened to watched Malignant yet, stop what you're doing. Watch it immediately. It is, grip. after all, <laughs> live a little. It is a nominated for best fan favorite film or whatever oh. wording is fan favorite movie of 2021 work fan but, favorite um, <laughs> yes but we had to talk about gabriel because um <laughs> like truly i did not know, gabriel we need to talk about gabriel i i did not know what to expect when they first show you gabriel in that movie um it was not that <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's that's, that's sicko shit. That is sicko shit. Truly sicko shit. That whole movie is what that that meme of like the sicko outside the window like was made for, to be honest. (laughs) And truly, I remember sitting in that theater, and when they first show you Gabriel on the back of poor McKenna Grace's face, (laughs) I was like, I was like, best makeup 2021, (laughs) like just. (laughs) <laughs> an iconic villain was born. An iconic villain was born. And um, I just, I can't think of any any makeup in a movie I like more this year, to be honest. What what a thrill that, that makeup is. And additionally, the hairstyling on the villain, who we're mm-hmm. not going to, like, think of the lifting that has to do. That, that one wig, <laughs> that one black wig has to do so much. And it, and it. I, like honestly, like best actor that wig. <laughs> and honestly, like costuming too. The coat, Gabriel's coat. The coat. The coat. Like, like one of the mo- like just I think of. I remember the shot of like one of my favorite moments in that <laughs> incredible film of Gabriel like diving down the fire escape, yes. and just I was like. This is the best. Like, what an icon. Honestly. It is. And then once you figure out what Gabriel is, and you're like, oh, that's not a coat. That's like, just, what a, God, sicko shit. That movie is, (laughs) I, I am so, you know, we hate the fan favorite category, but like. I love it. But like, (laughs) making it in that, I was like. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I, w- I was against it until I saw the absolute dark-sided chaos that it was. And then I was like, oh, so this is actually my favorite um, category now. <laughs> I, I hope they keep it forever. Well, we might talk about it. Who knows? We might. I don't know. I, I can't bring myself to watch some of this <laughs> Matt has standards yeah. and I don't is the, is the point. And you guys know that. You've heard the podcast before. But Malignant is iconic <laughs> and I will love it forever. Um... <laughs> I was going to go on and talk about the Green Knight or uh, Titan, but no, we should just end it with Malignant. It's, you can't top Gabriel. You can't. No. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the Green Knight is a good choice, but no, it's, it's, Malignant is the, is best picture 2021, as I, as I said in my initial review. It matches the chaotic year that we're living in. Absolutely. It's chaos for chaos. Um, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for going on this wild ride with us. I watch Malignant. <laughs> Marissa, where can people find more of your work? Um, you can find me on thepopbreak.com, um, you know, possibly writing reviews. Maybe not. Who knows? Who knows what I'm doing? It could be when these come out, any any number of things could be happening. Um, otherwise, you can find me um, just 
absolutely losing my mind on all social media platforms. Um, you know, watching Pretty Little Liars or whatever. Um, at Maurice Carpico. You can follow me on Twitter at MatMatMatthew1 or Letterboxd at Matt T. Um, I don't know. Now I want to go watch Malignant, so maybe I'll tweet about that. <laughs> um, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>